0: Welcome to The Hustle with Pat, Cody, and Harrison. Hello, everybody. We are back again. Hustle Sports Debate Podcast. Full house today. All three, Cody, Pat, and Harrison back in studio. We are sorry for the little break we had. We had to go on Thanksgiving break, so we took that little week, week and a half off, but we are back again. We got two really good topics today on like the Noble Three, but the second one is going to take a little bit, but boys, how we doing? Not too shabby, can't complain. Yeah.
1: yeah. Doing well, hope you all enjoyed your your Thanksgiving or your holiday or whatever you guys were celebrating at home, and hope you had a fun holiday, whether it was just a break for some people from school or y- y'all really big thanksgiving heads hope you would <laughs> yeah but uh basically like we
0: had some thanksgiving which means football especially and it brings up today's big question the new England pages have won six straight games they've gone from one and four to seven and four within the top two i two see they believe in the afc east in what should have been a year that you know they were 500, maybe decent, maybe okay. And now people are saying they're going to the Super Bowl. They're a legit contender. They're this, they're that. And we're not going to do all the expectations. Do we like them? Because if you want to do that, go to ESPN. Because they have been spewing that on every show across the board. And quite frankly, those headlines are beat to death. Um, they're a good team. There you go. There's our analysis. But, we are taking this back in time a little bit, adding our fancy, unique, interesting, historical twist to it, and the question today is very simple. If you could add any retired former Patriots player to this current roster, who are you taking? Harrison, do you want to go first?
2: Yeah, I I think if that's the question, I think you you should go with wide receiver because they are probably that's probably like the position they're probably you know, they're okay in. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne's been playing a pretty well, well yeah. the past couple of weeks. And so if I were to take a receiver, retired Patriot, I'd probably go with obviously Randy Moss is probably Absolutely, the best one. Yeah. I mean he's he's probably the, the best Patriots receiver they had, even though he was there for a couple of years. So By I far. think if they had Randy Moss in his prime, they bring him back. Um, I mean, I think it would just add a different element. I think it would make the Patriots more scary,
0: and uh, that's how I look at it. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's pretty clear. Like that's definitely like probably the most shock pick on the board here. Uh, it, uh, I like, I like Jacoby Myers, but he's better as a two. I like Kendrick Bourne, but he's better as, like a, third, like, a third receiver, speed, get like, the one-on-one matchup type guy, mm-hmm. not really a strong two receiver. And I get it, that, like, Hunter Henry and Johnny are supposed to be your one-two at this very run-heavy offense here. But I, I do think Moss is the clear pick. Um, he's up there to the top of the board. Um, and I was like, that year with Brady, 07, I, I believe? Mm-hmm. Was like that's one of the great, greatest offenses and greatest duos ever. So I, I, you can't really knock the pick at all. I mean, it's it's Randy Moss. It it makes a lot of sense. The only knock I have is that Randy is a very like deep ball centric guy and Mac. I'm not gonna say that he can't throw a deep. He can. We've seen it. We all know he can now. But that's not really the offense the Patriots run. Even when Brady was here, it was always very you dominate. Ten yards or less, and you have to be very good at the fifteen to twenty-yard range. After that, it get like you don't run those plays that often. That's my only—I don't want to say knock on it. That's just about my only kind of critique. I don't, know, critique again. I don't even that's know a good word. point. Yeah, when I think about that. That's probably the only critique there, but like it, it is Randy Moss. But
1: Cody, who you got? I mean, it's Randy Moss. I mean, because <laughs> you and just look at look with the rest of the team. If you want to see quarterback, I think the best one there would be Drew Bledsoe. I guess, fine. Yeah, probably. If you want to go offensive line, you have one of the best offensive lines. I mean, obviously, you can get a guy like John Hanna. Like, if you add John Hanna to that line, that's insane. Or maybe a guy like Matt White to be a tackle that doesn't get hurt, um, which would be nice. Um, Defensively, I think it's a different team than what they ran – it's a different defensive scheme than what they ran back in the day. So does Richard Seymour plug in and, and seamlessly fit you probably be more of a D tackle today interior guy, which I mean, that'd be fun, Um, but it's Randy Moss. And I think the, 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 argument you said there with, they don't really throw the ball deep. Well, maybe you just don't have deep ball receivers. That's why they don't. Randy Moss is the greatest deep threat in the history of the league. And for someone who, who likes Alabama and watch Mac Jones, every snap he's ever had, he can throw it deep. And remember at the beginning of the year when he graded out the quarterbacks? My one concern with Mac Jones is I'm afraid that he, he'd lose a lot of that aggressiveness that he had in college. Well, I think that's the aggressiveness is, is coming in. They've gone deeper, more, and he's had, he's had really good games. And especially the last three or four weeks three, four, five weeks he's been pushing the ball downfield a little bit better, and it's been working. So I think if you put Randy Moss in this team, not just because he's probably the best overall player out of the list we have, he also is in the position of most need and he brings a diverse scale. That the team doesn't have where if you're thinking of, well, can they add a pass rusher? They have Judon as one of the better pass rushers this year. Um, linebacker. I mean, Dante Hightower, Van Noy and Jamie Collins, every time they're together, it's like uh, the freaking power Rangers. And it's just an onslaught for the other team. Defensive back, maybe you add a corner. Mike Haynes is a guy that comes to mind, one of those old-school corners from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the lockdown corners in the league for a very long time. If you want to do that, um, just because you lost Gilmore, put him and J.C. Jacks on the outside, it's wraps. Safety, I think you're fine. McCordy's probably the best safety we've ever had. Yeah, he's if you definitely... want Brandon Merriweather. Yeah, but like, yeah, or... Um,
2: Rodney Harrison's a good one too Patrick Chung
1: Rodney Harrison's a good one um, What's the guy, in Lawyer Malloy uh, yep. guy Maybe mm-hmm. like, Put you know another corner uh, Ty Law, but I think it's just Randy Moss And it's such an easy answer Do you want to get really fancy? Maybe a guy like uh, Curtis Martin If you don't think that our running back Crew is any good Which I don't know why you wouldn't think that Right no. Like Randy Moss. It's a position to need. It's the best overall player and it open. even if you don't even throw the ball to Randy Moss like add Randy Moss to this team and don't throw in the ball. You're still ultimately better because he's getting double covered down the field and opening up all those little routes in the middle intermediate game like you were saying is they're better bread and butter. That's where Kendrick Bourne lives. That's where Jacoby Myers lives. That's where John U. Smith and Hunter Henry live. So that just makes them even better. It's not saying that Either of them are any like top five players in in you know their position because they're not, but it makes them who are already serviceable players and good players even better. All right, I'm gonna tell you both why you're wrong. Randy Moss is a great pick. We all
0: know it. Like I, I I'm not gonna dispute it. But there's a guy i have taken over Randy Moss in this team, and I know immediately what you're gonna say. Why are you picking a defensive player? This defense has been great. A lot of turnovers have been haven't let up a whole lot of points, but this run game is getting torched. Week after week. The the Titans in this last game had two rushes for over hundred yards. And they have the Patriots have given up the nineteenth sorry, no, they nineteenth in stopping runs of twenty plus yards or more. So they given up a lot of long chunk yards here, and then they're twenty second in sorry, twenty third in yards for carry. So they can't stop the run. They, like, it's been clear. I love Barmore. I like Judon. I think these linebackers are strong with Hightower and Fanoy, and when Jamie Collins comes back. But they are a little bit older. But, gentlemen, there is one man you can plop in the dead center of that line and say, that center and that guard are not moving. You can double team them and he will not they, it can be a double team, no one's moving. I think I know where this is going. You should know where this is going. Big Vince Wilfork, if I ever heard it. <laughs> this is Big Vince Wilfork. This dude, Barmore has been great. And uh, the scheme thing, Cody, is a good point because you don't see the Big Vince's of the world anymore. This is one of my favorite players ever. I love Vince Wilfork. Just seeing how he just pushed those guys back, absolutely manhandled them. Like 450 pounds, just absolutely bullied. Guards, centers, tackles—didn't matter who it was. He was just pushing everybody around. Couldn't run for shit, but that doesn't matter. And but he stuffed the run. No one could get through him. No one could get around him. No, because there was—he filled every gap. A gap, B gap, C gap, all of them. Didn't matter. He filled all of them because he was that big of a man. And You want to talk defense, he has three interceptions. That man is a cornerback, for Christ's sake. That is JC
1: Jackson in a fat suit, ladies and gentlemen. I remember exactly where I was when he had that pick at the end of the half against San Diego. I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. That's how monumental that moment was. You were at the game, Cody? No, but I was at someone's house, and I remember what I can tell you everything about that moment. <laughs> that
2: was so fun to watch. That's crazy. Honestly, Vince Wilfork, that's a great
0: pick. Because Why not help the defense yeah. more? Because the offense hasn't been... I don't want to say it's an issue. I mean, not the side of the ball has been an issue, but, like, the offense could use another weapon. Yeah, sure, whatever. But, like, we all know defense wins championships. Defenses will travel. Sometimes offenses don't. If you have a defense that can play in any game, any situation... And I think if they're gonna make any type of push for Super Bowl, or whatever else, the defense is gonna to have to carry it. Like we've seen it in every game, the defense has been carrying for the last six weeks. Oh, the offense has been good, it's been adequate, but like we're not gonna say this is a dynamic offense, this is a great offense. They're not. Like they're fine, they're good, but if this defense wasn't so stellar, they're probably a 500. They probably are a 500 team, but you put Big Vince. Who has to take a double team to send in the guard every time. That's only going to make more one-on-one matchups for Judon and Hightower. Who are two of the best pass rushing linebackers in Patriots history by far. And then, never mind. You get Winovich and Wise come off the end, edge. You have more pocket pressure. And and I agree with Belichick. Belichick said it a lot. Sacks don't really matter that much. You want pressure more than sacks. Because pressure will make them throw the ball away. Have to scramble, and then if you get pressure, you get sacks. But you can't always get sacks without pressure. It's, it's a little confusing. But it makes more sense that way. You put Big Vince in there next to Barmore. You have two big guys on the inside, the stuff to run. And then what? Vince can get after the quarterback. Like he has a couple of moves, and he's just oh big human being. There's no other way to put it. So I'd say beef up the defense, make that an 85 Bears type defense here. And the strength of this team is the secondary. Went healthy between J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, Darren McCordy, Jalen Mills. That's the strength of this team. And we've seen in the past couple of years too, like the 2018 team, they had Gilmore and Jones and J.C. Jackson, and they were going one-on-one coverage and rushing everybody else. And you can essentially do the same thing. So basically, you put Vince there, you're going to just make the pass rush better, solve the run game, and then you know no one can pass on you. So why not fix that?
2: I think it's a good point that you do bring up Vince Wilford. Because if it were up to Bill Belichick, he would probably go the defensive route and yeah. take Vince Wilfork over Randy Moss. Because he believes, like you just mentioned, that defense does win championships. Mm-hmm. And he's a defensive-minded coach, so to go with Vince Wilfork is a clear clear yep. pick for Bill Belichick. If, but if I'm looking at it by, okay, the strength of this team is defense— as opposed to offense and then special teams has also been really good too uh lately which i feel like Nick Folk hasn't gotten a lot of credit
0: bring back guskowski
2: yeah and and honestly guskowski may be a better pick than than just having Folk right now. Maybe he'd be 6-for-6 six six yesterday as opposed to 5-for-6. I, I don't know. Look,
0: Nick Folk's money, I just don't trust him. The way he kicks the ball, it comes off his foot weird. I don't trust Nick Folk. The man can make a 1,000 in a row. I just don't trust the guy. You just don't, don't trust him why. at the end of the day. I
2: don't know why. Okay, that's a good point. But, yeah, like, if Bill Belichick were making this decision, he'd probably go Vince Wilfork. But if I'm, like, look, looking at it from a whole, like, the whole picture, yeah. I think that... The offense needs a little more help than the defense, and I know you made a good oh, point. Oh, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. The offense definitely needs more help, but, like, how much fun would it be? You just see Big Vince, the man-eater, just in the inside. And, like, and there's no real inside presence on this team. Barmore's been good, but, like, you get more one-on-one to, with the linebackers, which is the, like, the real strength of the defense. It would just be unreal. And my other pick was Darrell Rivas. If you really want to double down on the secondary part, that one year De- Rivas was here was insane. What was absolutely insane. say, and Gil- Revis, yeah. yeah, Revis was is better than Gilmore all the time, and like that one year in the Patriots uniform was almost as good as Gilmore's Defensive Player of the Year. Uh,
1: but I haven't looked more into that, but um, all I know is that it's we close. Got- it's not a blowout. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that it's it's not close. I, all I remember is we got Daryl Revis on my birthday, so I was very excited. That Did I you guess.
0: just say Daryl?
1: Daryl Rivas.
0: It's Yeah, I heard you said Daryl. It's Daryl. Oh, it. Come on,
1: Cody. You don't even
0: know. Cody, you know what? You don't even know the names.
1: That's a Drell. man. Not come on, Cody. Who? What's next? What next? Not tomato, fault, man, tomato. It's not my fault. Your ears don't work. Take those glasses. Put them on your ears. So you need to <laughs> hear better. Anyway. Um, just to rebuttal your point, because I enjoy arguing, that's why we started this podcast. I would probably say that Richard Seymour would probably fit better. Not saying that Vince is a bad pick.
0: He's like, I'm very think- biased. Before we go into it, I am very biased because Vince Wilfork is one of my favorite players ever oh, across any boy. sport. I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone. Yeah. Like on Thanksgiving, you see that clip of him just absolutely mowing on that turkey leg, like, and he's uh-huh. so happy. And never mind, I love the fact that his wife went to every game and would text him everything he did wrong on every play. Like, that she was so invested. She would be texting him, and he'd go into the locker room at halftime to 500 texts from his wife being like, you missed that gap, you missed this block, you missed that, this, whatever. And like, I just love how invested they are. And if you haven't seen the clip of Vince Wilfork on hard knocks with the um Oh with the the overalls with the overalls on you need to youtube that now pause this podcast go watch that and come back it is the best two minutes of your life I'm sorry Cody go ahead and rebuttal the point that you can't rebuttal.
1: Well I would just say like just like I said with Seymour, I think you get as much as that of that run stopping and a little bit more pass rush and I think it's just he's just a more prototypical um guy in the middle. But I'm ready to I think we've all set our points. I think we all had really good points. I'm ready to move on to the next topic. This yeah. one's going to a lengthy one and I actually I'll take the reins in here cuz baseball's my sport. Hold on. We- <laughs> Pause. That's like excuse me. Yeah, hold on. Never mind, Pat. I feel bad. You take the reins. Good. You're the wh- should feel bad. <laughs> you peasant. That's me. I'm- <laughs> Anyways, uh, this
0: a last what, Cody? Like two or three weeks? The last two or three days. Well, two or three days especially, special, but when did free agency start? Like two weeks ago? Yeah, just about. All right, MLB free agency has taken off about two weeks ago, and it has been a flurry of deals, especially, like Cody said, the last two days especially, have been absolutely insane. It has been deals after deals, so much money being spent across the board. A lot of people are moving around, basically every decent player is going to the AL West right now, and it is just a migration of talent across the board, it is unreal. And basically, we're going to go through the big ones and just give it a letter grade, really simple. And we're just going to break it, break down the contracts. And I got to say, I feel so poor looking at these numbers. It is absolutely absurd the numbers that some of these guys are getting. It's absolutely insane. Now, the point I want to point this out before we get into this. The MLB collective bargaining agreement runs out Wednesday at, I believe, midnight.
1: Yeah, something like that
0: it runs out at some point on Wednesday going into Thursday and essentially at that point we could enter a blackout if they can't come together and make a deal we will not be having games we will not be doing anything which is the absolute last case scenario which is we don't want that at all clearly the struggle here there's a lot to get done there's a lot to be negotiated on some of the big topics are um the universal dh is probably the big one tv blackouts are another topic that are in uh discussion on that which they really need to fix uh cody what else else wasn't the
1: owners owners want a salary cap players obviously wouldn't as you'll see with some of these deals it's mondo bucks it is um things like that you know how how to pay minor leaguers and uh the service years, which I think is kind of dumb, is, is going to, it's a lot, especially after we had that shortened COVID season. It took a while for that to materialize because the owners, again, you know, trying to squeeze out every cent. So this one could be a while. I don't know if it's going to be into the season where like we're missing a good chunk of games, uh, kind of like that uh, NBA lockout we had, which was, I think, the most recent like big lockout. Yeah, probably. Um, so, We'll see, though, but there's a lot to get done. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a while, so that's why you're going to see a lot of these big-name free agents sign right now. We'll get to, get to them right now.
0: Yeah, they're trying to get their money while they can, especially because in baseball it's guaranteed money. Now, I don't know what that means. Like, if there's no games will they still get paid, I have no idea. I would assume so. I, I, sorry, I would assume they're not. So I think both sides obviously want games to be played. No one wants games to be canceled. That said... Do you want to go through the qualifying offers, too, Cody, or no?
1: Ah, uh, no, we don't do the qualifying offers. If just just the players that switched teams. Okay, so uh, I am
0: currently on ESPN's free agency tracker, which, for anyone who wants to follow at home, shows you the team that they're on, their new team, and how the and tar- the, the simple the the money of the contract, like how long it is and the money. That's it. Um, and no, and Cody, and I'll probably know some of the other details just off the top of our head, but. Uh, we're just going to go through the big ones. We're not going to break down every single one. Um, but let's see. Where should we want start? I think the first decent-sized one, Eduardo Escobar going to the Mets. Two years, $20 million. Escobar, he's kind of a utility infielder for the most part. I think he mostly plays shortstop in second base, mostly middle infield, probably a little bit of third base as well. He's a good bat. Veteran presence comes over from the Brewers, after I believe being traded from Arizona, if I'm not wrong. I really like this for the Mets. I think I don't want to ruin the other deals for to get to. The Mets have made some amazing moves in my opinion. They're filling out the back end of their roster. They're getting more veterans to it, and they're kind of putting themselves in a win now position. So I like where this is going. Uh he gives them more depth, he's a good bat, he's been around the block a couple times. Good amount of postseason experience. That's who our, I, I, I would give that a solid like B-plus, probably.
1: Yeah, I also went to a, a B-plus uh, route. I mean, the collapse last year for the Mets was embarrassing. and Really sad. Re- it I mean, did not it, come off to a good start. Yeah, I mean, they just went through stretches where they couldn't hit. A lot of their pitches were banged up, especially after DeGrom went down. Um, so two years, 10, uh, $20 million, $10 billion a year for a guy who was one of the most attractive bats on the trade market last year, went to the Brewers, helped them uh, clinch a division and get to the playoffs and lost the eventual World Series champions um, in the Braves. But um, I think that's a great move. I mean, he has position flexibility, like you said, third base, second base, shortstop is where he's mostly played. Um, I think he, it's not a long contract, so I know they have, um, some left side, the infield prospects, uh, Ronnie Mauricio, um, Brent Beatty, um, in particular, who play shortstop and third base, respectively, as well as a couple others where they, they're very uh, left side, of the infield heavy. So you're out of this deal. In two years, he provides good, He's been a consistent 20-plus home run guy in the last two uh, full 35 and 28 home runs. So I think it's a really good signing for only ten year, uh, million a year. Yeah,
0: ten million is like chump change at this point. You get a good friend for ten million. I'm, I'm all on
2: that. Yeah, I, I would probably go with a B here. Um, I think he's a pretty good infielder, uh, yeah. having at third base. Um, you know, he, he hits a decent amount of home runs. Twenty home runs. I mean, last year he had twenty-eight home runs um, uh, and a two fifty three batting average. So, I mean, his batting average isn't great, but it's yeah. not terrible. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like he's he's constantly in struggles. He constantly puts the bat on the ball. Um, he seems like a hitter that 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 makes a lot of contact. So I think Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be a good addition, considering sorry, that the yeah. Mets were just below five hundred last year, and uh, I, I think he'll add. Um, you know, he'll be an upgrade from what they had before. So, so
0: I've let you meant to say Eduardo Escobar. Escobar, there. Escobar. Yes. Sorry, but sorry, sorry, sorry. No, at for right the next one. you're good. You're good. <laughs> no worries. The Red Sox have lost Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm starting this off. Hooray! Goodbye, farewell, see you later, I don't miss you at all. Steady Eddie, not steady at all. This is a guy, I, I I was never a fan of Eduardo Rodriguez. He came up with Henry Owens and Brian Johnson, he was supposed to be the third guy. He turned out to be the best one, but it's not hard to be the best one when you are together with two pieces of turn, essentially. Um. That man pissed me off so much. He infuriated me like no other. He was a good postseason performer. He gave us some good years. Congrats on your deal. Sayonara. Thanks for 2018. You were decent at best. You were a little wimp for throwing your glove on the ground. when We gave up your the bomb against you in the World Series. You coward. Goodbye. See you don't get stabbed in Detroit.
1: What is your grade? Uh, how much was it, like eighteen a year? It's fifteen a year. Just fifteen, about, yeah. fifteen a year. Okay, uh, fifteen to eight, five over seventy-seven. So what's that? Fifteen for to the
0: eight? for the Red Sox, A plus. For the Tigers, I, I honestly that's an A minus. Like I, I honestly, like taking my hatred for this man out of it. 15 a year for a solid number three starter is very cheap, and the Tigers have made some really good moves with the rest of the money they've had. And he was really the first domino to fall on this free agency. He was one of the first dominoes. I really do like it for the Detroit. I like what Detroit's doing. I think they need more pitching, but they'll get there. Eddie, the thing about Eddie is, like, he doesn't eat innings at all. Like At best, you are looking at a six-inning, four-run game from him. You're really not getting anything else out of that. So, uh, uh, bye. But I think that... Uh, go ahead, Cody. You're going to rip me apart here. Just go, go.
1: I originally had it as a B-grade, but I think just looking at it while hearing you dump on them just made me... Uh, just bumped it up a little bit. So I gave it a. <laughs> And this is why I give it a B. I think Eddie's great. I think Eddie's a lot better than you give him credit. No, I he's think a
0: good pitcher. He's an MLB Eddie's pitcher. One of the he, most I superst- don't like him because he just infuriated me. Like,
1: he, nibbles, he nibbles around the
0: corner. He just nibbles on the corner. He gives up so many walks,
1: and then he, uh. It's It's a personal criticism, so I'll, I'll take that with a grain of salt. But I think if you look at it for what he's been, a lot of his numbers suggest that he's been one of the better American League pitchers, one of the more consistent American League pitchers over the last few years. Um, My one thing about him and the money isn't what I'm upset about. I think the contract length of five years and we saw it this year. Eduardo Rodriguez is really uh, a guy who he is a fielding he needs fielding around him we saw it this year where if you look at all his like his fielding independent pitching was pretty good a lot of these advanced stats say that he actually was way better than he was but he still had like a four eight era or something like that and that that's the gamble you take where he's a a ground ball pitcher he's not going to get many home runs he's not going to get a lot of strikeouts the ball gets put in play so he can get lucky and he could have years like a couple years ago where i think he was like low threes and then he can have years like last year where he's high fours. And it's not because he's pitching any better or worse. He just got lucky or unlucky. And I think for five years, you're banking on being lucky for five years. And I, if you did even just four years, I think it'd be better. The money per year isn't what's upsetting me. It's the length. So I'm going to give it a B because I think he's a solid player. And if it works out, it's a really good contract in the grand scheme of things. But you're banking on that luck when he's putting the ball in play as much as he does.
0: Yeah. Now, I I think I kind of want to get to the bigger ones. We have have a half hour. We can go back to some of small ones afterwards, but obviously we want to talk about the big stars here.
1: Um what, what does Harrison think well, about? Yeah, well, here here's, sorry, here's what I'm
0: confused about. So like you
2: Pat was like all like negative about Eduardo Rodriguez. He just me y- off. Yet you you gave the Tigers an A minus for signing him. A-plus for really the Red Sox. There. Yet yet Cody is more like a supporter of Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, he yeah. gave him a B. No,
0: because so 15 a year for a, a good starting pitcher is very cheap. They like they should all be normally they're all making like twenty or above. And Eddie is a legitimate number three starter in a rotation. If you're not, he's it, a like two. Cody, don't. You're
1: he's kidding. been. Cody, he's stop, been a really stop. Good player. I mean, stop. he's been. Don't like him. I get it, but he has been a. He has put up number. So two.
0: why hasn't he cracked the top two in a Red Sox rotation in any of the seven years he's been around? What are you talking about? He's been on number two. When for like last, forever? Chris Sale what? and Nathan Iovaldi have been here one two for the last two or three years. That just no, says been how been good Sale and Iovaldi is. It's been
1: Sale and Erod, and then when it went. No, oh my god!
2: Listen, even if Eduardo Rodriguez is the third pitcher, like Iovaldi and Sale, like are still. You know, your one, two, like you really can't go wrong with either three of them. I, I'm more on Cody's side. I look at the positives with Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, like if you look at his last three seasons, you know, he went 13 and five in 2018, 19 and six in 2019, 13. And I know that's dependent on like fielding yeah. and the game and runs, and I, you know. So, but I, I saw him last time pitching the playoffs, and I was honestly pretty pleased with how he. I he will left say off.
0: that he is a good playoff performer. So, like I the last time we that.
2: saw him, he did a great job. Yeah, okay, he did, and he kept the runs low in, in those in those playoff games. So I would give him I would give him an A minus because I think the the Met, uh, not the Mets the Tigers need a pitcher. They need more pitching, like you said. So um, I give it an A minus just because of when we last saw Eduardo Rodriguez, he pitched pretty well.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're not wrong. I guess it's just personal feelings. But <laughs> yeah. anyways. We're gonna focus on the Texas Rangers now. Who? Someone checking on their owner? He might be bankrupt. The Rangers have dropped over half a billion dollars in the last 24 hours. Maybe 48 hours. Last 48 to be safe. But they signed John Gray. Yeah, Gray. Four Gray. years, 56 million, I believe. I like that deal. Uh, good, bad fastball, good breaking stuff. Pitch at Coors, which like always inflates stuff a little bit. Good starting pitcher, that's fine, but that is not what we're talking about here. They snagged not one, but two of the top middle infielders that were on the market. First off is Marcus Simeon, seven years, $175 million, and he just turned 31. Cody, do you want to rip them apart first,
1: or do you want me to do it? I gave them an A. What?! Well, this is why. Well, this is just – this is baseball economics. A lot of people look at these guys getting big contracts. It's baseball economics. These deals are happening. We've seen the pool holes. We've seen all these deals unfold. This isn't new. This is first, like, good year. No, it's not. Well, it's like, just, like, this good of a year, he's yes. been, he This year and then I think two years ago with the A's, he was an MVP. I think he was third in MVP voting, like, two years ago, three years ago. He's a very good player. He has, though, he has that year or two where he doesn't. He's always been a very solid player. Yeah, that's fine. And then he has those where he looks like a superstar. Ooh. And for seven years, it's less of I like them because they gave Marcus Simeon this money. I think it's way better because the Rangers, who are awful. Yeah. are competing and they yeah. put money to compete. And I think that is very good for the game of baseball. I'm with we're you on that. Like the Rangers, So it's not like that's Dallas. It's a big market, but it's not like they're New York, they're boss they're LA. They don't, they usually don't have, especially, and especially they gave away Joey Gallo. They looked like they were taking that. Oh, we're just going to tank approach. And yeah. they went out and got three good players or three high money players. Cause I don't like John Green. So I gave that a C minus, um, I like it. So I like it for the fact it's competitive. I like semi as a player. I think he'd be fine. Me I think too, second is a really good place for him. The money seems high the thing is this, I wanna make this it's clear. It's only twenty five a year. It's only twenty-five a year. See I wanna make this clear before
0: before we go further into the other ludicrous money that's been given up. I do not care about AAV at all. I care about the term. I don't care you wanna give someone eighty million a year for the for two years, I would much rather do that. They give him an eight-year deal at like twenty-five per. I care much more. I care much more about the term than the money because all the owners can afford the money. But what sinks your team is when you have bad contracts for with like years left. For example, Giancarlo stand with the Yankees, who has like five years left, that's gonna be miserable in a year or two. But the other side of the infield that locks up their second base, Corey Seager. Came out this afternoon.
1: 10
0: years. $325 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And I'm going to make Cody real bad. This this is a C. This
1: is a C. Oh, you're so ugly.
0: <laughs> I hate the term. I... I refuse to give out deals that have a double digits to it. That he is currently 27. He's 37. When this contract's gonna end, and I get it. Baseball players can play forever. I also just think Cole is overrated. Like I think he's good. He's a very good player, no doubt. All-star caliber, absolutely. But he's been injury prone, and you just gave him 10 years at 32 and a half a year. And I get it. They got two of the best infielders in baseball. They have their shortstop and second base locked up. They're going to be dominant. They're going to be really good. No doubt. The, the, the It's the term. I can't give him a good grade on a 10 year deal, Cody. Or Harrison. I can't do it. Sorry. Like I, I That's my concern with it. I personally just think he's a little overrated. That's just my personal belief. It's the same with Eddie where he's very good. I just don't like him that much. Ten years is a lot. So, Harrison, what do you got to say?
2: Well, I mean, if you're the Texas Rangers, you kind of have to spend that money. It, I No, I get it. So, I mean, like, I think Corey Seager is, you know, a great player. I mean, if you even look at the way he, like, ended this season, like, he, his last seven games, he was 500. And I think his last 15, he was, like, four-something. So, I mean, yeah. he ended off the year pretty strong. And so, you know, and then he's a great shortstop, too. So, like... I think the Rangers are in rebuilding mode, and this is a great signing for them. Yeah. So I give it an A from the simple fact that the Rangers, they need a great player. They need a player that is, you know, gets on base and, yeah. you know, plays good defense. I think yeah. Corey Seager is, is that for them.
0: I agree. I'm not... Like, Corey Seager, he's a very good player. I'm not denying this. Like, he is very good. He's an all-star caliber player. But, like, if I'm giving 10 years at 32 and a half a year to a guy, that has to be a guy that, like, I know, like, he's going to be an all-star top, like, three shortstop every year for the next, like, at least, like, seven years. And I don't see that with Corey Seager. I'm sorry. I don't. And I think he also got... I think he gets the benefit of being able to stack Dodgers teams. His numbers are good. He's a good hitter, all that. And I get it. He was one of the better hitters in the lineup. But he was, at best, third banana behind Bellinger and Betts from... The majority of the years. And I get it. Ballinger was awful this year, Cody, before you get into it. I know. That's just how I feel. I I just I don't know what it is. I'm just not a big fan. And Corey
1: Corey Seager, not better than two of the top five players in baseball when they're playing to their full potential. Dude, you should work for, you know,
0: the New York Times. Cody, no shit. But, like, what I'm saying is that, like, he can obviously benefit from that lineup A lot, like he's going to drive more runs, he's going to get more on-base percentages, he's going to get more, well, he's just going to get more chances than other teams would. And I think Simeon's kind of in the same boat, where they're both good players, no doubt. I would take them on the Red Sox in a second. But, it's a long-term deal. And I think that they may have been a product of their environment a little bit. Because even on those A's teams, Simeon, those are very good A's teams too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, personally, I think you're, you're harshing the long term deal. I it's just hate long term deals. Like, that's just baseball. Very right? few yeah. work out. Unless you're signing them
0: right out the gate, like a Tati's or a Wander Franco, they very rarely work.
1: Yeah, but as long as you get those seven or eight years production, like, yeah, obviously they never work out in terms of being productive all 10 years. But if you get all-star caliber play for seven of them. That's a fine deal, Michael. I give it an A+. Plus. Again, much like the Marcus Semien sentiment, I said it's a bad team that is investing and in winning right now, which is very good for the game. Yeah, that's fine. And Corey Seager is ridiculously good. He's one of the better offensive players in the game, let alone just shortstops. And This is a stacked shortstop class. You can make the case that Corey Seager is the best of them. Him or Correa? Uh. Those, are, those are the two guys. So you, Corey Seager's that man. I don't know if you watched the postseason um, a couple years ago, but he is also fun fact. Despite never playing against the Rangers, he has the third most career home runs in their ballpark (laughs) because when they played the World Series. Uh, uh, A fun little fun fact for you. I Uh, I mean, with the bat, he's a stud. Defensively, he's all right. Um, he's He's not like Xander Bogart's bad, and he's not... Carlos Correa good, but he's like Marcus Sibian good, where he's all right. So it's going to be fun which one they put. Honestly, fun fact, Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, their starting shortstop, maybe they throw <laughs> one of these guys to third. I don't know. It depends on what they want to do defensively. Also, there's a DH one of them. If you want Corey Seager to just take four at-bats a game and that's it, God, he's mashing the ball. And that's a lefty favorite part. How when they're both old as shit at the end of these deals. How about you stop swearing when you're not allowed to on this radio show? That's oh wow! Third time, Mr. Pat. I one don't more care. time out. I get obviously. Not like anyone watches. But anyway. Whoa! Hell! Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Whoa! Uh-uh! <laughs> the Dunn
0: clan shows up strong on this episode. Don't you even try that.
1: Shout out the Duns. But anyway, I'm done with you. On to the next one. All right. I want to get the.
0: I. This is not even just one deal. The Mets as a whole, we have a lot to go through. Do we want to go but- in chronological order, or do we want to go in headlines? Let's go headlines. All right. Clearly, the biggest headline by far, not only of today, but of yesterday, this is by far the biggest deal of the entire free agency period so far, and it's not close.
1: Mark Canna is now a New York Met. I'm so excited, and that's honestly the <laughs> big- <laughs>
0: I just fooled
1: Cody so good. Cody doesn't know what no, to no, say. No, I heard you. I was. I would I actually like this Mark Canna side. Me too. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about Mark Canna. He's the headline. Let's yeah. He's the the Mets guy we're most excited for. Mark Canna's one of those sneaky guys where he's a very good on base guy. He just yeah. he just hits. I mean, he's he's one of those stat. Uh, the, we call him the the stat cast darlings where. He hits the ball hard. He gets on base. And that's what you want from a baseball player in today's game and what you really wanted all along. But it's just, he just gets on base. And he's had one of, actually, one of the higher, I think he's top 10 on base percentage over the last three or four years or something, which you would never expect Mark Canna to be that name. Especially how on base percentage is kind of the most, that and slow, yes, those three right there, those are the three most valuable for a hitter right now in today's yeah. game. You get on base and you hit the ball hard when you hit it. And then OPS is just a combination of getting on base plus hitting the ball hard.
0: Yeah. And so, I, I don't see this contract here on the website. Yeah, it no. Updated, it, but it, it was like $15 a million a year, which, again, I will yeah. go with.
1: I think it's like two years.
0: And like 15 and, to 20 no, 15,
1: each. Yeah, it's like two years, 28, two years, 30, something. So I gave it a B. I thought it was a really good guy. A, Obviously, not a big headliner, but he's yeah. going to make work. Harrison, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think it's a pretty good signing too. Um, I'm I, I'm not a big fan of, of him in terms of how he's been hitting. He's not a great hitter uh, if if you're basing it off of last season. Um, I I think it's an okay signing. Um, I I'd honestly give it like a B minus. So, and I, and I know I'm just basing it off of his hitting, but uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, Pat, you want to go ahead?
0: Yeah, um, I I liked it a lot. I I I I'm a fan. And that that A's team is just getting picked apart right now, which is too bad. But it gives them more depth on the towards the end of their roster with solid players. We'd Escobar and Canna, They're getting some versatility. They're getting good bats in the lineup. And that's the us to the next deal. Before we're actually going to reverse order here. We're pretty much going chronological order instead, Cody. Sorry. But they also, right. also got they also got Starling Marte, who I I like Starling Marte. I think he's a bit. I I it's just a theme today. I think he's a bit overrated too. But like. I I like Starlin Marte, good defense, good hitter, I remember him on the Pirates, he was great. Four years at 78 million, again, uh, right around 20 a year, which I really like, Uh, that's a good number for all these guys, so the fact that they're going to put roughly 60 million in, getting three really good role playing guys, who I would feel comfortable with my starting lineup, but I feel fantastic if they're coming off your bench in half the games, or if they're in a platoon role, whatever you want to do it gives a lot of versatility like he played a lot of different outfield spots and Marte is 33 so he's going up there until 37-2 which again I don't love but you don't know what's going to happen on the back end of that deal but I like that I'll probably give that probably a B-minus or a B-level he's not as good as he was but the A's gave up a hell of a lot to get him at the deadline and now like they gave up 20 million for him and Stephen Cohen is surely not afraid. To spend money.
1: No, not at all. And that's what he said when he came to New York. He gave he immediately gave Francisco Lindor a bunch of money after trading for him. I just he's there. Yeah. I mean he had a really bad year last year. I still love Frankie. I still think that his he's a top five player in the game. I think he's one of the few true five star players in the game we have when he's playing. Yep. Um but I give it an a minus. I think Starlin Marte is good. I think he's also one of the the few true base dealers we have. Um, I think he was like 43 for 48 last year, and especially in a game where I think if you want the game to improve and be more suitable to players, steal bases. Stealing bases is exciting. It is. I understand why it's you don't. Rush. I get I, – I get Harris's out- head perked up on that. <laughs> Harris's like, stealing bases? What? Yeah,
2: I love that. I feel like it's <laughs> it's one of the most underrated uh, moves in baseball. Like oh, if yeah. you if you have a fast it's runner – It
1: happens anymore because obviously – outs are valuable. And I, I understand the logic behind not stealing as much, especially where you know, you're so focused on pulling the ball in the air. You know, you have a guy on and he gets caught stealing and the guy who's batting. hits a home run, which it seems like everyone's capable of doing. I mean, you just lost yourself a run. So I understand it in that perspective, but I also get it. It's exciting. Yeah. That's one of the more exciting plays in baseball. And that guy goes, and you're like, oh, that's scoring position. Now a base knock scores on Like, that's exciting. And yeah, he does it. He's easily, I think he over like 15 to near 20 stolen bases over the next guy. Um, and like, so, and he's a good fielder. He's had a good stick in the last few years. I mean, he is a little bit older, but it's under 20 a year. Uh, I'm fine with it. So I give it, and especially again, the Mets collapsed last year and they're not having that happen again. They went out and made some good moves. So I give it an A-. minus. It's a very good move.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it an A- too. Uh, I think that uh, uh, this is a good signing, Sterling Marte, but just because he... I mean, granted, he didn't have a lot of home runs, but that's totally fine. Like, I don't yeah. care if you're a big home run guy. He's still bad at 312. And he played 120 games, so it wasn't like he didn't you know, it's not like he oh, was yeah. a role player or whatever. Like he pinched hit or whatever for most of the games, but um, it it seemed like he was uh, a pretty good player for the A's. And uh, I think the Mets, with the amount of signs that they've made, uh, this is only gonna help them more, especially if he's on base because he's gonna steal a, 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 a good amount, a good amount of bases. There you go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, I like it a lot. But I mean, let's be honest. These three deals for the Mets, they're very good. We all like them a lot. That is not the deal we're here to talk about. Not even close. Probably the number one pitcher on the market. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there anyone else on the market that's like up there with him, Cody? I don't really think there is.
1: I mean, Robbie Ray got signed. And oh, I found Robbie Ray. Oh,
0: I found about Robbie Ray. Okay.
1: Robbie
0: next. To it. Yeah, we'll talk about Robbie Ray next. But, the Mets. Stevie. Woo! Three years, and. 30 million dollars to Max Scherzer. I'm taking this one first. I'm calling Dibs, boys. I'm sorry. I love it. I absolutely love it. We have seen Mad Max is still at the top of his game. He has not slowed down at all. He just finished in, I believe he was top three in the Cy Young uh, finalists. I believe he was a finalist. He might have been just, no, yeah, he was a finalist. And this is my type of deal. He's 37 years old. He got a short years at only three years, high AAV, which is a lower risk than those, these long-term deals. and he just broke the sound barrier on contracts. Getting 42 million a year. My God. Like the previous record was Garrett Cole at 36. This is amazing. he's getting 130 million in three years. That is unreal. And now you take it to the field. You're 1-2. When healthy, which may not be often, Jacob DeGrom and Max Jersey. That sentence is wrong. That sentence That's arguably is arguably the wrong. two
1: best pitchers in baseball.
0: It's arguably yeah. the two best pitchers in baseball. DeGrom, when healthy, is. We all know it. He is. Oh, yeah. But no, he, yeah. he's just not healthy enough for, like, that he doesn't. DeGrom's not going out there every fifth day all season. Mad Max is. So now when DeGrom goes down, you still have a number one out there. God damn. Like, it's a fantastic deal. Your rotation is stacked. And it doesn't matter who's after him now. They have, and that rotation, now you're looking at DeGrom, um, Scherzer, Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, and then there's a battle for that fifth spot. That's a hell of a rotation and if they stay healthy that could be a top rotation and a tough one at that when the playoffs come around Mets are making some money moves and big Stevie Collin is dropping bombs out here I this has to be an A plus they, they, they I think this is my exact type of deal I get it he'll be 40 when he's done but if you're going all in for like even just 2 out of 3 years I'm in I, and, and Maddox he's also an innings eater too but right? I think people forget about that like, throughout the year, he is an innings eater.
2: I think that's what impresses me the most about Max Scherzer. Yeah. Is like, he's been playing better as he's gotten older as opposed yeah, to, like, in the beginning like, of his career. Unreal. And the fact that he can still uh, maintain his mid... 90, higher, yeah, yeah. He he,
0: he can talk to like 97, 98. Not, not,
2: so. Okay, yeah. So I mean, Max Scherzer to the Mets. I, I'm I'm not surprised with the deal. Usually, as you get older, it's like the years yeah. are gonna be like three years, two years. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like that. And that's so, exactly what he
0: got, which is perfect.
2: Yeah, and and so. If they can have those two pitchers, I think they they can make a real impact. They can take that yep. next step, yep. not be a 500 team, maybe yep. push for a playoff spot, and we'll see what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah, know?
0: they're definitely they're they're trying to go all in, and I and I, I I'm all for it. You got Pete Alonso at first. You get these three other sides we already talked about. Well, sorry, two and no three. Sorry, three other sides. and now you get this rotation lethal, absolutely lethal. Go ahead, Cody.
1: Yeah, it's a minus move. I think it's it's a. Bunny move. Like I said, they're New York Mets. They have, they're they expected to be in the playoffs, especially after you just had a division rival win the World Series. I think this actually helps a lot for the Freddie staying in Atlanta thing, even though I think that's probably just as much as a done decision as it is. Now if you add this, the Atlanta has to keep Freddie in the division um, and on in Atlanta. Uh, but this is a big move. Again, like you said, you just have basically the top, arguably the top two pitchers at least the top three pitcher two of the top three pitchers in the game yeah. heading your staff on top of all the other moves they made to sure up you know the offense it's a big move it's a huge move they're committed to win and they're buying themselves some wins and if this works out it's huge i mean it would kind of suck a little bit if max scherzer at 37 he's gonna be 38 come july hits that bump and now you're giving 40 million dollars a year and the Mets are that team like the Angels that just went out and got all the wrong pieces and now they're stuck with some big checks to fill out and not a lot of wins to justify it, but I'm excited for the Mets.
0: Which is a sentence that has not been uttered in a long, long, long time. There's not a lot of hope around the Mets, and there's a lot right now, but last couple minutes, there's really just one other team we've got to focus on here. It's America's team. America's team, ladies and gentlemen. These are this is my backup team. When the, I, I always root for them, uh, generally, like, unless they're playing the Red Sox, I root for them. The Seattle Mariners. Like they're all, like this is a team that never spends money. They don't make any moves, and no, they're one of those teams where that when they do, they just get the wrong guy. It's like they go all in and they just doesn't pan out. But first deal they made, they trade for Adam Frazier from the Padres. And I like that for both sides. I think they get a good middle infielder, good bat, versatile, can play shortstop or second base, which is helpful. Obviously, you'll win up the middle. And I don't think they gave up that much either. I think there's like two middle-level prospects, nothing really great, nothing high-end. And I think they're saying this is a team that can kind of go for it now, push for a playoff spot, end the drought right now. And it's a good middle-out-of-bat. Uh, I don't think there's really much to talk about. Right. Cody got like at least got some wild so I think we kind of just move on. Yeah, I think Robbie Ray is the bigger one. He's The bigger story, huh? He's the bigger story here.
1: Yeah, I think Robbie Ray is the thing. I think that you know trading for Adam Frazier is fine. I think he was too good to be a bench piece or a depth piece for San Diego, and he gets some pitching, and then he's on. But I think Robbie Ray here for the Mariners, five years, one fifteen, I'm giving it a beat.
0: Yeah, was it was it a if you work out too? Bed Doc and Doc over Bath here, people. With that, uh-huh. that, like 23 a year?
1: Ish, yeah. I think the reason I give it a B is because I like Robbie Ray. I thought he deserved to win the Cy Young this year. Um, but it was a very outlier year in terms of walks, where he's been walking four to six men's per nine inning. And that's what got him in trouble his whole well career. This year, it dropped down to 2.5. Which is a whole walk per nine inning Then his second career, I think 3.5 in 2017 or 2018, he had a really good year. Um, a, the best strikeout guy in the game, actually of all time, 11.2 career uh, strikeouts per nine is the greatest ever. Um, so I think he has a lot of potential there, but if he gets walk trouble, this contract could look a little albatross.
2: Yeah, I'm starting. I I concur with you, Cody. I I think the Robbie Ray deal is it's good for the Mariners. Like they need they need him. And but I just I, I look at his his statistics and he just I know he's been injured t- at times and I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning towards like a B minus C plus for Robbie Ray. And and the walks is a good point. Like it's. It's a lot of walks, and in 2020, I only only pitched in like seven games or whatever it was, but he had like a six six ERA. Yeah. And for, I just think that's a little concerning, and I know they they need him, and they went out and got him, but it's like, I, I'm kind of more pessimistic about this deal, so I'm I'm gonna go B minus here. I'll be generous and <laughs> give him give it a B minus.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair too. Uh, um, oh, actually, Alex Cobb and the Giants are finalizing a deal here. But uh, that's most of them. Uh, I think the other one, oh,
1: oh, who's the guy? The guy from the Giants who signed away, Cody. Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman, the Blue Jays, five years, 110. I think it's a B. I think he's a player that earlier in his career was trying to like kind of find himself and understand yeah. what, he, what he would be. And, you know, so I think he'll be fine there. Uh, but the Blue Jays yeah. are also going all in. Yeah, they are
0: too. And I love that for them. I root for them too. But... I think that's really all the
1: big signs. I think we really went, like, are there any, like, giant fish that we miss, Cody? Um, I would just quickly, the Noah Syndergaard, one year's 21 from the Angel. That's oh, I hate it. Oh, F, 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 It doesn't work. That's a one-year deal. It, but if it does, you have a really good pitcher, and that's what they've been missing for the past forever. Two innings in two years. F. So he's rested. <laughs> um loop also to the angels two ones two for 17 i gave that an a minus i think that's a really good deal um he was one of the better relievers all year and so the angels are making some moves in their pitching um kendall graven another guy um on the reliever market going to the white Sox. i think that's an a move about eight million a year for three years i think he'd be a lot better in that setup role than craig kimbrell was or when he went to sh- uh the white Sox. Uh, i love God. craig I love Craig too, but he's a closer, and we have Hendricks, better closer right now. So they can also flip him. So this signing allows them to flip Kimbrel and get some stuff. And bring him back, Hayam. Oh yeah. Other than that, I mean, uh, that's pretty much all the big ones. Yeah. I think now looking just really quick before we wrap up here. Looking forward,
0: there's some massive. I think the pitching side's kind of done. Like we got the big pitchers here. Now it's time for the bats to fall. You got a lot of big names out there. You got Nick Castellanos out there, Kyle Schwarber's out there. Uh, who who else we got? Correa,
1: stories. yeah, Carlos
0: Correa's out here. Travis Dorr's out there. Javier Baez is out here. Home run, home run hitter Brett Gardner still out there. There's there's a lot of people out there looking for jobs. And as of this recording, it is Monday at seven thirty. As as I say this right now, we start at six thirty. We got two days to get a lot of deals done. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a ride until that CBA runs out, and hopefully the CBA can get fixed. Hopefully they can agree on a new one. None of us want baseball to go away. No one does. It's not good for anybody. That said, a lot of a lot of big money moves coming, and a lot of the big markets have been surprisingly quiet. It's a little little sketchy. Red Sox have been quiet. Yankees have been quiet. Cubs are rebuilding, but. A lot of the big teams have been a little under the radar here. I'm wondering what's going to come. But is there anything else you guys want to close with? No, I think we pretty much said it all. all right. Cody, you got any
1: last last words? I think you should follow the Twitter. Oh, yeah. Sports Pod. I think you should follow us on Spotify. Yes, you'll that's see a big one. Yes,
0: this will be up. I promise this will be uploaded on Monday and not, like, next Thursday. Like, I will get this one up. But – yeah, I think that pretty much closes out. Like Cody said, at Hustle Sports Pod on Twitter, follow us on Spotify. Please let us know what debate you guys want. Um, and just a little bit more house, uh, little sad news, I guess, to end. But Cody, unfortunately, is a big man. He is working a lot, and Harrison and I are at the point of the semester where we're getting slammed with work. So we're gonna have to cut this down to one show a week. So we're gonna be on. All- what day is it, Cody? Who? Which day can you do? I'll be here for Thursdays going okay. forward. So, coming forward, it's going to be one short a week instead of two, which is very sad. Hopefully, over winter break, we can kick this back up, and we'll see where things stand. Obviously, Cody's still going his job, because, like, he's not in college anymore. But we'll see how this goes. But for right now, every Thursday will be the plan. Oh, I always kind of opened up our schedules a little bit. We'll see what else we can do. Maybe some pop-up episodes here and there. But that's the bad news here. But... The good news is, we're still going, boys. We're still going. And the good news is, you just listened to our 24th episode. We are flying through these. Thank you for all the support. Really, we really do appreciate it. But that said, that's going to end it for us here today. Let's hope the Red Sox make a move, and we will see you next time on the Hustle Sports Debate Podcast. See ya.